Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 34. Here's Pastor Ryan. When you think about tithes and offerings and giving to the Lord, God wants us to be cheerful givers, but he, and he also wants it to come from a grateful heart. One who understands that we've been delivered from everything. We've been delivered from the flames of hell, where the worm doesn't die, where there's gnashing of the teeth, just a place of agonizing and, and, and isolation from God, uh, outer darkness, terrible place that God saved us from. And he says, all the sins that you've ever committed, I don't remember them anymore. I've cast them as far as the east is from the west. So it's with that kind of heart, grateful heart for being saved, that we do all things for God. Why do we serve him? Because it's the love of Christ that compels us. He's, he saved, I'm a, I was a nasty, I was so lost. And God saved me. Why, why wouldn't I obey him? Obedience is, and faith are synonymous. They're one. See, when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, what are we saying? But we, we agree with you, Jesus. You're the son of God. We agree with you that the only way for our sins to be dealt with is what you did on the cross. And you were buried. And on the third day, you rose from the grave. I agree with you that if, if I don't trust you, I don't go to heaven. I agree with you. If I don't follow you, I don't go to heaven. I must put my trust in you and follow you. And then so many people will, will do that and then say, but I don't uh, trust you enough to serve you. I don't believe in you enough to give you a, a tenth of every 10 bucks you give me. Or every dollar, I mean. You know what I mean? It's like these guys who were giving it at the door were grateful people. Why did that widow give her all? Because she loved God. It's the love of God that compelled her. And Jesus watched. And he watched how people gave at the temple. Remember that? And he watches today. Because it, it, serving him, giving to him, it's synonymous with our faith in him. By faith, we are saved. It is through grace. It is a gift of God. But our obedience is our gift to him. And our obedience and faith are synonymous. Why do we do the things we do? Because we believe in him. Why do some people don't do the clear things that God says to do? Because perhaps they do not believe in him. I'm reading John 8. You read John 8. And he's going at it with the Pharisees. They're like, Psh, we're Abraham's descendants. He goes, I know you're Abraham's descendants, but you want to kill me because my word has no place in you. He, he was basically telling them that because they don't believe in him, they're lost. And here, so many believers say, I believe in him. I'm a Christian. I go to church. I don't tie. That don't help out at all. It's a problem, man. It's an oxymoron. What do you mean you believe in him? 
You either believe in him. Jesus says, you, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's why the Bible says where your money is, that's where your heart is. I remember reading this book uh, for pastors, and the guy said, well, you know, show me a man's checkbook, and I'll show you where his heart is. It is what it is. How can we say we trust him and love him and, and all of those things? So pray about it, think about it. Um, but he, they, they received these funds, and then they gave it to the foremen and the workers and the guys who were daily just starting the construction, rebuilt, renovation of the temple. And it wasn't just like a one-time thing. It wasn't like a, a church volunteer day as we have, where a bunch of brothers get together and they pitched in like they did and did the floors here on Saturday. Eight of them came and, and busted it out, worked together as a volunteer. These are guys who are going to work every single day on the building, uh, on the temple. And this high priest, whose name is Hilkiah, was had the ability to provide for the workers because they brought, they brought to him what was brought in. You can't put money towards something until, unless the money is first brought in. Amen? God's good. He blesses our church, but pray for our church for consistency. Amen? That people will be on fire for the Lord and just give. Give, because we read it all over. It talks so much about money in the Bible. Why? Because God knows that our hearts are so connected to mammon. And we cannot worship, we can't serve God in mammon, he said. And the Bible says that mammon is the root of all kinds of evil. Not all evil. We do a lot of good with money, but all kinds of evil. The devil knows, man. People are, are tied to their money. And if we can get them not to give, he basically says, I, I, I have them being disobedient to the Lord. So, anyways. But God does care about his temples being nice. His churches. Does he or does he not? You know, during COVID, oh, I don't have to go to a building. Listen, no, you don't have to go to a building. You can worship God anywhere. We know that. But if he gives the church a building, he cares about that building that he gave you, just like he gives, he cares about the house he gave you. Right? He doesn't want your lawn all overgrown. He doesn't want your house in shambles and you don't take care of something that he gave you. If you're faithful in the little, he'll give you more. So he gave Sweet Hills a church. I guarantee you he cares about how we Keep it clean. And we work hard at it. The guys work hard, and I'm so blessed and proud of them. But in Haggai chapter 1 is where we get this from. Uh, in Haggai chapter 1, uh, the Lord says, Go to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified. So, you know, and, and Haggai is when they come back from the captivity and, and they're building uh, the, the second temple. And he says, go get wood, build it up, do it, so that I can take pleasure in it and I can be glorified in the temple. Does that make sense? Yeah, so that's his heart, uh, that we take care of that. And so pray for our church. And and again, of course, Jesus' words about giving. He says in Luke 6.38, um, give and it shall be given to you. Um, the same measure you use will be measured back. Um hard-pressed, or pressed down, shaken together, and running over 
shall be supplied into your bosom, the Lord says. Amen? And the men did faithful, did the work faithfully. So those who did it, they did it skillfully. They, they did it faithfully. They did it well. And when we do, when we serve the Lord, I mean, we could, oh, there's conviction. Guys, when I preach up here, first of all, know that I am convicted just like you are on all these things. I should seek the Lord more. I should cut things out of my life that are weights of sin that get in the way of what he wants me to do. And, and the same for what, what it says here about these men working faithfully. Are we working faithfully? Do we teach that work ethic to our children? Are we leading by examples to work hard in our workplaces? Or do we kind of just cut corners? Are we the type of Christians that cut corners at work? We can't do that anymore because... The Bible says we're to do all things unto him. And that job that you have, God gave it to you. And so we're to honor our bosses. We're to work hard. We're to work hard in our homes to keep them clean. And Christians should not be all, you know, messy rooms. You, there's a lot of young people in here. I'm talking to you guys. I know the propensity when I was young to just leave things everywhere. Show the Lord you're grateful for the little that you have and he'll bless you with more. And your boss will say one day, oh my goodness, such a clean and hard worker. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, it says, Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Do it heartily, whatever you do as unto the Lord. And then that's when promotions come. You'll be surprised. I had to learn a lot of things when I came to Jesus. I had no idea about work ethic. Then you read the Proverbs and it's like, be diligent, be diligent, right? learning to be punctual, learning to work hard, learning to not gossip like everybody else against the boss, but to just be grateful, knowing that we have received that job from the Lord. And parents, make sure you teach your kids that. You know, uh, my wife and I, we tell the kids, uh, a delayed action, a delayed obedience is disobedience, Right? Okay, we'll do it. And then we, we get our attention off and they never do it. Or they, oh, I'm about to do it. No, delayed obedience is disobedience. All right. And then the musicians, very talented people, musicians of the Levites, so they were overseeing the workers. How about that? We should get like Brian and Darren to just, you know, be, be the shepherds over the the guys who work. But anyways, okay, verse 14. Now, when they brought out the money that was brought into the house of the Lord, Hilkiah the priest found the book of the law of the Lord given by Moses. Then Hilkiah answered and said to Saphon, the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Saphon and Saphon carried the book to the king, bringing the king word, saying, all that was committed to your servants, they are doing. In other words, they're doing the job. And they have gathered the money that was found in the house of the Lord and have delivered it into the hand of the overseers and the workmen. Then Shaphan, the scribe, told the king, saying, Hilkiah, the high priest, has given me a book. And Sephon read it before the king. 
And thus it happened when the king heard the words of the law that he tore his clothes. We're told later on in this chapter that he, he wept. The tearing of the clothes is a sign of, of, uh, of distress, of great sadness. Commentators believe that this could have been the very last copy of the Torah, the five books of the Bible. These wicked kings were trying to destroy the worship of Yahweh. So for it to be found is a huge thing. Satan has been trying to kill the word of God since Genesis. When he questioned Eve or God's word to Eve, did God truly say? He questioned the word. You got churches today not wanting to teach the Bible. They're not keen to Satan's ways. What the churches need and what the people need is the word of God. The, this Josiah was so tender that when he heard the word of God, he trembled. He tore his robe. He wept, guys. He was, he was blown away at hearing the words of God, the commandments of God through, through Moses' writings, guys. To him, the word of God was everything. And if we ourselves go back to the moment we believed in Christ Jesus, what was it? Was it not his word preached to you and I that, that, that we got saved? For me, it was Luke chapter 7. It was a sinful woman that Jesus forgave. Her story is my story. Is, I remember. Why? Because it was his word that pierced my heart and changed me. And I wept like a child. I wept like a broken man. Said, I'm, I'm yours. If you'll forgive me, if you'll love me, I'm yours, Jesus, I'm yours. I told the Lord, I have no one. And he says, I am all that you need. And he has been my God ever since. And I praised him from, from that day forth. I praised him before, even just out of manners, because everyone else was clapping. It wasn't true praise. True praise is when we surrender our lives to him. But my, I was so happy. I stayed at church. I was at church. I clapped. I praised. I didn't care what anybody thought. Because that's, that's the style and my personality that, I've, that I, I grew up in, in a tough neighborhood where, where my, my care for what people thought of me died a decade early. I didn't care what anybody thought. My friends, my family, I'm going to praise him. Because I love him. So where was I? The king is blown away at the word. Where's your tenderness tonight? Those watching, maybe some of you don't even come to church anymore. You think watching us online is, is okay, it's kosher between you and God. I mean, in, unless you're physically disabled to the man, you know, you should be in God's house. My wife got surgery yesterday and she's hobbling around on her foot and, and you know, 
she asked me, you know, she's worried about her look. And I said, man, it looks, you look great. Give me a hobbling woman on a dark December Wednesday night, picks up her guitar in her Uggs or whatever she's wearing, slippers, and just starts praising them. She, you know, I hope it puts some folks to shame that are watching. Oh, it's dark. Yeah, I know. It's cold, too. Who cares? The old rugged cross was a lot colder. Our sins upon him. You know, it's just, it's love. Love. Where's your tenderness for the word? Where's my tenderness for the word? They almost killed off the Bible. They find the Pentateuch here. They have it. The psalmist in 119, verse 72 says, The law of your mouth is better to me than a thousand coins of gold and silver. Is that what the word means to you? Do you love it more than a thousand golden coins and silver? Do you love it more than... Jesus said to the disciples, You are clean because of the word that I have spoken. It is my words that you believe that made you whole. And then there's Christians who never pick this up, guys. They wonder, you know, I think I should do something else other than be a Christian. It doesn't work. Why doesn't it work? I don't know. It doesn't work. I thought I'd give my life to Jesus and then just never never do, have to do anything but maybe go to church. No, you don't read this book. You're basically telling God all of your knowledge. This is how God speaks to you. I give you my life. Save me from hell. I don't want to hear from you. People don't pick this up. Put it under. They live their Christianity like that. Like that. It's not that Christianity doesn't work. It's that there's a laziness. And call it what it is. It's a laziness. I bet you if a thousand gold, what's with bitcoins or whatever, I bet you if there was uh, $10,000 offered if, if Christians would read this they would read it every one of us and it's sad we read this because it is his way of talking to us and for us not to read it we are telling God we don't want to hear from you and though, and then you know, Every counseling session that, that comes through our church comes to my office. We, we want to find out. I, I'll always, where are you at in your reading? Oh, I bounce around. Well, come back when you don't bounce around anymore. Read through the Bible. Put a bookmarker, read through it. I can't do nothing for you, and neither can Jesus Christ. If you say no to the reading of his word. It, you know, I mean, we can be here all night. We are told in First um, Peter chapter 2, if you turn there with me, verse 2. First Peter chapter 2, verse 1. First Peter chapter 2, verse 1. Give me an amen once you're there. We're about to wrap it up. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, 
hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking. As, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Have you tasted that the Lord is gracious? Of course, he saved me. What does Peter say? The great apostle Peter, the big fisherman, what does he command us to do in the name of the Lord? He says, desire the word. And, God, and Jesus says, you don't have a desire because you don't ask. You don't have a desire because you don't ask. We don't have faith because we don't ask. We don't have peace because we don't ask. We don't have joy because we don't ask. We don't want to praise Him because we don't ask for the zealousness to praise Him. We have not because we ask not. You think, remember when Jesus came down from the Mount of Transfiguration and the disciples were all arguing about why they couldn't cast the the demon out of this little boy whose father was like crying and the little boy, the demon would come upon him and the, and the demon would throw him in the fire and sometimes in the water. Jesus went down there to this big commotion. What's going on? What's going on? He goes, Master, I, I brought my son who's demon possessed to your disciples and they could not cast him out. And he goes, oh, faithless generation, how long must I bear with you? He told the disciples. And then he told the father, if you believe, all things are possible to you if you believe. And he says, I believe, but help my unbelief. He's acknowledging, I have this much belief. And, and the, the, the Father is defining that much faith as unbelief. It's so little, it's almost non-existent. Let's call it unbelief. But not to Jesus. The fact that he asked, help my unbelief. Jesus healed his son. We have not because we ask not. If you don't have a tenderness for God's word, if it bounces off your heart, if you have a hard heart and I preach and, the gut and it hits and just psh, ricochets off of you, you don't have a tenderness, be careful. The Bible says to examine yourself whether you're in the faith at all. I would go on, I'd fall on my knees soon as I can, and say, Lord, why do I not care about your word? Will you change my heart? Why do not, I not want to pray to you? Will you change my heart? Why don't I have faith? Will you increase my faith? Why don't I serve? Will you help me to serve? Why am I afraid to come to church? Why am I afraid to get, you know, get around? Anything that we lack the in, uh, spiritually, the increase of it comes from Jesus himself and he's sitting there, our Lord saying, well, when are you going to ask? When are you going to ask? And I was like this when I first got saved. Give me a hunger for your word. 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 And actually, you know, it just became an everyday thing. I wanted to read the Bible. Where did that come from? I asked. It didn't come from me. I don't want to read the word in my flesh. I don't, I, I'd rather just eat Cheetos and watch football. But then, but in my spirit, man, I need more from, so go and pray and ask God, whatever you lack spiritually, say, give it to me, please. I'm not going to let go of you until you change my heart to be so tender like Josiah that when he hears the word spoken, I just weep and I make changes in my life. Yeah, I guess we'll start there next time. Father, we thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. We thank you for your word. 
Please, God, give us a hunger for your word like Josiah, that we weep when we hear it, that we make changes as he will tell his, the scribe, go, go and inquire of the Lord for me and for our people. Father, give Sweet Hills a hunger for the word, so much so that we become a super loving, Bible-loving, word-knowing church so that we can give your words that are living to other people. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.